You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 23. Have you ever had a dream of how you want to live your life, where you want to live, what you want to do, how you want your primary life to be? Who doesn't? Today, my Meet Mediocrity guest is Matt Simpson. Matt and his wife Jess had a dream of being world travelers. Not just vacations, but traveling as a lifestyle. And they totally achieved it. Ready to hear more about how they live the lifestyle of world travelers? Let's get started. Mitch, welcoming you to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 23. Lifestyle Dreaming. Everyone has lifestyle dreams. So for me, it's always been to live by the beach, the ocean. Some people think it's, some people like to think about living in a big city. Of course, not during the pandemic. Some people like to think about being world travelers, which is what we're going to talk about. For me, it's the beach. And, you know, I r- regularly dream of doing my morning routine of, of stretching and, and meditation on the beach, morning walks on the beach, evening walks on the beach, swimming, open water swimming at the beach. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do, and maybe one day I'll get to do it. Matt Simpson and his wife Jess, they have, first of all, it's a great story, but they have had circumstances that led them to wanting to be world travelers and leave the United States and kind of be on the road all the time. And they set out to do that and they're doing that. They live a very, very interesting life. This, the story that got them to want to do it, the stories they've had while doing it, um, and in fact, they're even TV stars, having uh, recently been featured on an episode of House Hunters International, which, of course, I find super cool because my wife, Magnificent Meredith, and I seem to fall asleep to home and garden television pretty much every night. And it's around the time of House Hunters International, which is around 10.30-ish p.m. here in New York when I fall asleep. So House Hunters International is very very familiar to us. Um, Matt and Jess Simpson were on that show. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. So without further delay, please welcome my guest, Matt Simpson. Go, Matt. Thanks for being with me today. Hey, Mitch. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. All the way from now. Now, where are you at this very present moment? Are you in Italy or are you here in the U.S.? Uh, no, we're actually in Croatia. Uh, there you go. I See, I knew you would surprise me. <laughs> 
this is a perfect I was, intro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, was thinking, I was thinking about that. You, he does. Mitch doesn't really know where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this what a. And by the way, that was not a rehearsed intro. That was a perfect intro because Matt, the the thing. So just for for the listeners to know, um, I had a guest on my podcast a few months back. Um, a friend of mine, a work colleague, but also a friend named Tim Stansel, who told a great story about having traveled um, to Italy, climbed up mountains uh, while being kind of very overweight. And he lost a lot of weight. And a ton of people were really inspired by his story because he managed to lose a lot of weight and, um, you know, re- really changed his life. And um, he introduced me to you. And you were one of the guys who, who was 100 pounds or more or less than him who climbed up the mountains with him on the bike. And <laughs> Tim uh, told me, uh, you got to meet my friend, Matt. Uh, this guy has it just really has created an amazing life for himself, traveling around the world and doing the things he loves. Um, so, Matt, I, I kind of want to start with that. You travel. You uh, you travel. Um, a lot. You've built a life around traveling, but it wasn't always like that. So I want to go back to um, before you started traveling. Um, you were a cyclist. You were a frisbee player. But tell me a little bit about what you did and how you how that kind of uh, triggered your traveling bug. Yeah. Um, well, Mitch, I'm probably uh, I'm process oriented, I suppose, and so. Uh, through my life, I've always kind of put goals and um, and set a plan and process to try and achieve these goals. Um, and uh, through my career, um, found success in 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 executing in that uh, process uh, type of uh, goal setting. And um, when I met my wife. Uh, we began to travel um, really just on our holidays, kind of a summer holiday. Right, like a lot of us, you know, just just a couple times a year. (laughs) Normal stuff. Uh, We kind of got the bug. A friend of ours invited us to go uh, on a bigger bigger vacation than normal. And uh, it kind of started uh maybe a bigger paradigm shift than we ever expected so let's so let's look at that so this is everyone speaks about like life-changing moments and things that kind of um, change especially today matt you know everyone's talking about covid and how it's changed their lives um most of the time most of the time not in a way they wanted, but in a lot of ways, it opens their eyes, even though it's not a great situation, in fact, it's an awful situation, it opens people's eyes to things. I think that's what happened with you. So you you went on this bigger, bigger than normal, um, more adventurous than normal vacation. Tell me about that vacation and tell me how it triggered your bug. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... I had a friend from high school uh, who invited us on his world travel trip. And we went to Thailand to meet him in December in 2004. So he was traveling around the world and he asked you to meet him in Thailand. 
Right. Okay. Well, he, he said, meet us anywhere. And uh, basically, because of our careers, uh, we really couldn't take an extended amount of time off any other time than the holiday season. So it just so ha- so that was the time you could take off. And it just so happened he was so in happened. Thailand. Okay. That's right. So you went where he was when you could take off. Okay, keep going. And so uh, we went to Thailand for three or four weeks. So it was, a. I bought my first Blackberry, okay? <laughs> kind of <put laughs> because I had to be in touch with work. I had to have emails. I didn't want to carry a computer, but a Blackberry. I remember, I remember when we switched from Blackberries to iPhones and I was like, if it doesn't have a keyboard, I'm never going to get used to it. Now yeah. I can't even imagine a keyboard. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I had that same thought. Yeah, okay, so you took your Blackberry and you, you, you set out. So we took the Blackberries and, uh, and went out. Um, long story short, we had a great time in Thailand, uh, but we moved around quite a bit. On Christmas Day, 2004, we were actually in a long tail boat, which is basically a, a canoe. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, we were waiting on a ferry to go to a, um, an island in uh, off of the coast of uh, Thailand. And bottom line, sure, we we experienced this, this tsunami. We were sitting there in the boat and we saw the wave about, we were about a mile offshore. We saw the wave coming. So this is, this is a very famous, I remember the, the tsunami back in, so you said 2004, right? So yeah, that makes sense. So you were, you were there for the tsunami. We were there. We were uh, in quite a precarious, uh, not a very big boat. I should water. say. Yep. Yeah. And so, by the way, did you see like the the way they say in tsunamis, the water kind of like rushes out? Like, did you see that? Yeah, well, it kind of that kind of stitches into the blackberry. So I had my first <laughs> album, right? My blackberry was in my bag. We see the wave, and our boat driver uh, drops the 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 engine full speed, and we race to shore. Water's coming up over the. Uh, the front of the boat onto my blackberry, which is in my bag. So already the, the 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 drama already is beginning. The drama is on the blackberry. We did, we really didn't know this was anything in you know, hey, there's a big wave coming. We don't know the scope and extent right. of what's going on. But I'm I'm um the water and the boat are like this, and I'm trying to anticipate when I can jump out of the boat, grab my bag, so on and so forth. I'm thinking, oh, about 10 seconds. Well, that 10 seconds went to zero like in a split second because just like you said, Mitch, the water receded. We had 100 yards of water. Right. And in a second, it was all gone to feed the wave. Oh my goodness, so it happens that quickly. So we beached. I mean, I'm saying, oh, we're going to be on shore in about 10, 15 seconds. And Instantly. then the water was gone and we were sitting, uh, we're just like. Oh, my so, gosh. Yes, it was. Uh, it was <laughs> so so you managed you managed to jump out and, and run like heck. Yes. 
and you're still here. So uh, I'm just curious, and, and, and I don't know the story here, but um, how did you survive? Where did you go? <laughs> it's, uh, so we grabbed, I grabbed my bag and my wife's bag. We have backpacks. Right. So on each shoulder, I got a pretty decent load, but we start running through the, through the, through the palm trees. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, long story short, we, we ran to a, uh, a house on stilts, like a beach house, on right. stilts, maybe half a mile from the shore. And, uh, we, we went and hung out in this, uh, stilted house for until actually there was three, three waves that came through. Uh, so the water went up, it came down all the way out to where a half a mile from the, from the shore where we were at. So it, uh, we, we survived. Um, and, uh, it gave us some interest. It changed our perspective on life uh, moving forward. Okay, so before we move forward, that's an amazing story. But here's the thing. You and Jess, your wife, ran um, a half a mile with backpacks on your back to survive. And that's um, in part because you were scared to death. Uh, The other reason is you're an athlete. You're a cycler. Um, You told me you, you used to play ultimate frisbee, which I think is pretty cool. So let's let before we go forward into the traveling bug, let's take a look back at you, Matt, a little bit. Um, sure. So so just listening to your accent, I don't think you're from Croatia, and I don't think you're from Thailand. So tell me a little bit about where you're from, and um, how your athleticism built up so you can run away from the tsunami. <laughs> I uh, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, and uh, went to I played sports. Classic U. Classic American sports. Did you go to school? Alabama. Did you go to school, University of Alabama? I did. Roll yeah. Tide. All right. <laughs> Roll Tide. Um, my wife went to Auburn. Oh, for goodness' it, sake! It, that that is already a match made in somewhere. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I played sports growing up all my life. Um, when I went to college. I didn't play any competitive sports, okay. Uh, but had up until all through high school, and um, sophomore year of college, a friend entered said, uh, "You look uh, like you, you, you you're an athlete. Why don't you come out and play ultimate frisbee?" And so I got into um, the ultimate frisbee at that point in time. And I'm, I'm some people call me obsessive compulsive. So I, I really got into it. I started training and, uh, you're just, a, you're just a simple a type personality, just like I am. It's all good. It's made you what you are. I'm good with it. It, it, <laughs> it is sometimes, sometimes I would, I would trade, I would trade it in, but, uh, uh me too, me too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so ultimate frisbee which by the way is interesting that you you because you, i think you might be the first person or second person in my entire life that i met who's an ultimate frisbee player and the funny part is i think it's the coolest freaking sport and i'm surprised it's never been more popular more mainstream than it is um, but it sounds like you 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 took to it big time 
Yeah, well, it, it's uh, self-governing or self-officiated, at least it was exclusively when I started. So you, call, you didn't have referees, you called your own fouls. It was a game of honor of, in, in that regard. And uh, ah. So you played, you played it, you know, I know, I know, you know, not ultimate Frisbee is not an NCAA division one sport, but um, you played it pretty seriously. Yeah. um, It is um, not an NCAA division one sport, but that it's, there's a, I don't know what category it would be considered in college, but uh, there's all different levels of tournaments, uh, nationals, worlds, and I've participated in those a number of numbers. So you, of years. so you did do some frisbee-related traveling before you, before you and Jess started on your world travels. I did. <laughs> I had. I don't know if I'm. It's, it's good or bad to say, but 100% of my travel, um, up until the point that I met my wife, was associated with ultimate frisbee. So, so you traveled for Frisbee, you met Jess, you went on regular vacations, then you went on the infamous vacation to Thailand, and then you caught the bug. Now, here's what I love, and I, I, I'm not going to give away the punchline, but you fell in love with travel because of that great adventure. Great adventures bring, bring loves to people all the time, and you you and Jess kind of said, we need to do more of this. And you made a plan. Tell us about kind of how you went from escaping the tsunami to being, you know, kind of world travelers, if you will. Yeah. Um, Mitch, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's uh, to put it in a, in the context. We always love to travel. Um, we knew we wanted to do more even before we went uh, on the Thailand trip. But after when we came home from the Thailand trip, it gave us a, a sense of, of urgency and that we had to go do it while we were young. We could go do the things that we wanted, see the places that we wanted to see on our terms. Yep. And, uh, and it brought clarity to the idea and the concept that you never know when you're not going to be able to do those things either. Yep. As you want to do them, or yeah. because you, it's not possible. Because because that's the and and that is the awareness that so many more people have today in COVID than they had before. Life is short. Live your life, enjoy life. So so you had that recognition, and so how did you um, take that forward? Uh, when we came, when we returned, we 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 had a a heart to heart talk and and discussed how we wanted to looking at life at the next phase. So how did we want to move forward in the next phase? We decided we didn't want to do bigger car, bigger houses, more nicer cars, that sort of thing. We decided to save all of our money and put a goal of 10 years uh, out and say in 10 years, we want to, be free and clear of and saved enough money to go and travel uh the, the world so yeah so you mentioned that you're a goal setter so you set a 10-year goal <laughs> right to <laughs> to basically put yourself in very strong financial position and you did 
So it was about 10-ish years after um, Thailand that you set out, you set out to travel. So tell me a little bit about what happened when you kind of picked up your roots back home and started traveling. How did it start? Uh, yeah, we, 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 we left in uh, 2015 and we went straight to a small village in the Dolomites in Italy uh, that I had, uh, we had visited on a sales meeting, an okay. international sales meeting for one of the companies I used to represent in my, uh, in my career. Yep. And uh, it's, it's kind of the, if you're, if you like to climb mountains on your bicycle, this is the place that you'd want, <laughs> you would dream of going. So, so it's funny. So I've known my friend, Tim, who is in an earlier episode, I've known him for quite a long time. And Tim used to tell me about cycling in the Dolomites. Now, Tim, I'm a big guy. I'm like six foot two thirty. Tim makes me look like a small guy. When I, when I ride bicycles with Tim, he's one of the few guys that I could kind of crouch down, get behind him and let him do all the hard work. <laughs> um, but he used to tell me about how he used that, he, how he's been to Italy and climbed the Dolomites. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I'm surprised yeah. you can even climb a pair, a set of stairs. Um, but he is a strong dude. So tell me a little bit about bicycle climbing in the Dolomites before you actually went back there. The uh, <laughs> it brings an interesting story that the first year that T Tim and uh, his friends and I met in the Dolomites, uh, we were staying at this in the small village and the owner of the hotel had uh, was a cycling fan. And we and we start to learn more. And there's always a little bit lost in translation because he doesn't speak English. Right. But he had bottles of wine and it had us pictures of cyclists on the bottles of wine. And so, Hey, uh, what? Oh, it's my friend, Francesco Moser. <laughs> oh, the Francesco Moser who's a cycling champion of the world. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a friend. Do you know him? And so we start to go through this process of, of uh, <laughs> learning. It's his best friend. Oh, for goodness sake. And so he says, uh, oh, would you like to meet him? And we, sure. Well, do you want to go to his house? Sure. <laughs> Only so, in Italy. People are so friendly in Italy. Okay. <laughs> and so we go to his house and we meet him. He's got a winery. He's got a cycle museum. And he says, uh, hey, maybe tomorrow we go for a bike ride. <laughs> and, never and heard this story. Never heard this story. Doesn't speak that he speaks English a little bit. We speak Italian a little bit, and so once again, there's always something lost in translation. But we got the fact that he wanted us to meet him at a certain place to go ride Monte Bandone. Tim's there, and he looks at Tim and he goes, "And it's like, no, we're all going to do it." Mitch, this is a 16, 17 mile climb, average, 
average 7.2%. Uh, and Tam weighs almost 300 pounds, right? You know, we have a climb like that. We have a, we have a, a seven, a seven and a half percent climb near my house. That's half a mile and it's a freaking killer. <laughs> so just to give you some perspective. So, I half a mile. Everyone talks about Beacon Hill being the killer hill near where I live. It's a half a mile at that incline. You went 16, 17 miles at that incline. No, which is is a classic climb in the Dolomites and with right. Francesco with Francesco Moser and he and he and I are riding, and he says, "I don't think Tim's going to make it." I'm like, "No, Tim's going to make it." Tim rode the whole thing at his pace and uh, just just headstrong. But uh, yeah, so that's amazing. But but here's the thing. So first of all, that just goes to show you why Tim is such a strong yeah. cyclist, and yeah. um, he's actually a very a very um, very persistent guy when it comes to setting goals and, and achieving goals. So the fact that he made it up is isn't surprising. But here's the thing: as it relates to you. You fell in love with the you fell in love with the area, right? And so when you and Jess when you and Jess set out, you you were telling us that you headed back to this area of the world as your first stop, as um, well travelers. So, did you settle there? Did you live there, or was it just the first trip of many many trips? Uh, or both? <laughs> yeah, kind of both. We. We, uh, the owner of the hotel had an apartment for rent. He had many apartments for rent, but he said, hey, we've got an apartment. You can rent it for the summer. So we rented uh, the apartment for three months in this small village. And uh, basically it became our base camp. We got to store things uh, in, the, in the basement uh, when we left. We were only able to stay in Italy for 90 days at a time because of visa. Uh, oh, right. So immigration only lets you be a, quote, tourist um, for 90 days at a time. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with that. So we would spend our, our summers in the Dolomites. We have spent our summers in the Dolomites three months uh, every year. And... Uh, and so you, you you use that as your home base and then you just kind of hit the road? Yeah. Each year we went in a different, in a somewhat different direction. Uh, the first year we went down the Adriatic coast. Uh, so we went from Italy to Croatia to Montenegro and then to Albania. And uh, that took about 90 days. It was interesting because every time you 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 traveled, to up to in a different country as oh you shouldn't you shouldn't go to Croatia you know this is a little dangerous and we always got to the next country Croatia and said this is this is great <laughs> Go gorgeous gorgeous friendly friendly yeah. safe so on when you're in Croatia they say oh don't go to Montenegro it's dangerous <laughs> so you get to Montenegro and you say it's Clean, it's safe, it's yeah. You know, and uh, isn't and that isn't that interesting? You know, it's funny. I I live in New York in Long Island. You know what we say? Don't go to Birmingham, Alabama. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Going south, yeah. But uh, so it's interesting. So I'm just sorry, you've been doing this, so I'm just doing the math. 2004, 10 years, 2014, 15, now it's 2020. So you've been doing this for about five, six years. Right. Um, how many countries have you been to approximately? 30 to 35. Wow. And do, you, and, and do you go out and back? So you said, you said um, you've got 90-day limits in Italy. So do you go out for 90 days and come back? Or do you go out for, for longer and, and then just come back for the summers? Uh, no. Use what, mm, it, it depends. Some, we, we go out of the Schengen zone. We got into house-sitting, Mitch. Okay. Where where we we take we we take over we take care of somebody's house and their pets yep. while they're gone. <laughs> Someone uh, has to do that. That's a great that's a great idea. And so there's a website. There's a few websites, but that yep. basically has listings of uh, houses uh, all over the world where the owners are want, are leaving. Uh, for anywhere a couple days to months. So this is an Airbnb. Do you actually make a few bucks doing it? I assume you make a few bucks. No, doing it's, it. a total bar, it's a total exchange. Oh, so, so you, you get a free place to stay. They get someone to take care of things. That's right. Perfect. Still it, perfect. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's real good. So we, about, let's see, when was that? 2017, we, we found, uh, we, we got it 16. We got involved in this uh, house hunting, house hunting, <laughs> house sitters. Yep. And in the wintertime, January, February, March, we found a, a family uh, in southern Spain that had three dogs and a bird that needed somebody to stay there for three months. And while they went to Australia to see their grandchildren. So for the last, except last year is the first year we didn't do it. Uh, we've, we've, it's, I call them my dogs and my, and Jessica loves the bird and she's, she's an artist. So she paints the bird. So long story short, we usually have gone to Spain for the winters and Italy for the summers. Wow. So is there, of the 30-ish or 30-something countries you visited, is there one country or two countries in particular that really were a pleasant surprise to you? You mentioned that, you mentioned that there are countries that were cleaner than you expected and safer than you expected, but just, just from an experiential perspective that yeah. really surprised you. Um, <laughs> I have to say... Uh, Montenegro was a was a surprise, uh, but the most Bulgaria really was the biggest surprise. Yeah, wow. And 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 what what surprised you? You just had low expectations, or, or yeah, we that... had no expectations, Mitch. We we were going. It was towards the end of the summer, and we didn't know where we were going to leave. Uh, we were in the Dolomites and we had two friends, different groups of friends that visited and they were both going to Bulgaria. 
for different reasons. One was a yoga instructor and she was doing a yoga uh, retreat or something. Yoga retreat. And an, another who had a brother that lived in Sofia, Bulgaria. Yep. And so they were both going. I said, well, that's quite, that's too ironic. Why don't we just go check it out? And so we went to Bulgaria and uh, we ended up, we went, we went for a few days and we ended up staying two months. Wow. And we moved all around the, the country and uh, it was, it, it was fantastic. So that's amazing. I mean, and, and, you know, it, sometimes those are the best experiences, the one, the ones where you have the lowest or, or, or least specific expectations, which is by, by the way, kind of true with life you know if you if you just if you take every moment for what it brings you versus with the expectations that you put on it you're going to enjoy it a lot more i mean it sounds like that that in the travel world for you bulgaria hit the hit the mark um so i've got i've got two things i i want to touch with you before we wrap up one so you don't know this about me but my wife meredith every single night Every single freaking night before we go to sleep, I fall asleep to House Hunters International, which runs around. Well, so the only time I don't fall asleep to House Hunters International is if I fall asleep too early. Because in 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 the U in New York, House Hunters International is on Home and Gardens television at 10:30 p.m. So 10 p.m. is House Hunters, 10:30 p.m. is to the House Hunters International. So if I make it at 10:30, I get to see House Hunters International. And you, Matt and Chess, were on House Hunters International. Now, here the the, the bad part is, um, I didn't know you at the time, so I probably just fell asleep on you and didn't even know what I was watching. <laughs> um, but now I know what episode you were, and I can't find it. it. It's not it's not on their archives just yet. Yeah, it just. I think I can. I, I might be able to send you a link, but All right. uh, it it just it just showed uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. So if you if you have a link, send it to me. If not, I'm going to reference it anyway because it'll be available on HGTV at some point, either on their yeah. on demand or on their website. Um, but but how the heck did that happen? How did you end up on? First of all, it, I'm surprised you you were hunting for a house. I I just assumed that you don't hunt for houses so you, right. you ended up hunting for a house you got a house and you ended up on the on house hunters international so tell me that story so in two in 2018 uh five so traveling for we've been traveling for three plus years an average of about five days changing beds about every five days for over three years. Oh. Uh, somewhere in September, I, 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 I raised my hands and said, Jess, I got to slow down. I, I, let's just let's get a project. I want a project. I want to buy a house, renovate it, and we can sell it or we can whatever. And uh, she says, no, let's do it. Let's buy it and, and, and we'll try to, uh, to make a new home. And uh, so we had a few places, mountains and the sea were our two criteria. Right. Close, close proximity. Along the Mediterranean, we had a place in Spain near where we do our house sit in Spain, where we thought was a possibility. 
uh, Nice on the Côte d'Azur. Yep, yep, sure. So beautiful spot. And then uh, Luca, Italy. Mm-hmm. So we went to Luca, Italy first, fell in love with it, ended up, long story, not so short, but we bought a we bought a place after looking at 40 different uh, apartments. In, okay, in- 40. Okay. This is, that's even more than the countries you've been to. So <laughs> it was 38 out of 40. Okay. So you, so you found, so after looking at almost 40 places, um, you found the one that you ended up buying. So that was, a, that was probably a bit of a process that took you a little while. Yes. And then, um, so we, we bought we bought the place. We renovated it, and uh, somewhere last year, two thousand nineteen, uh, just got a call from House Hunters International. Said, "Do you want to be? Uh, do you want to interview for House Hunter?" And basically, she's my Jessica is a travel writer. She's got a uh, light traveling blog and yep. has thousands of followers. By the way, lighttraveling.org is her site, right? Okay. I thought it was Tom, but... It's lighttraveling.org. It's on my computer right now. So, yes, uh, there she is. I see her on my computer. I see you, well, in two computers. Anyway, so um, so she's a travel writer. How did, What does that have to do with House Hunters International? I... I don't know, but they somewhere they I think they like Luca Italy. They they do it the location quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh so it uh So they found they they found you, they found Jess. Yes, yes they, they 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 asked uh sent her a message hey you want to do this, but yeah, they they came out. Uh, and by the way, you you and you're not you're not letting out um a house secret, but it's something that I've heard for a while and you confirmed that after they found you, they worked backwards. They, 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 they did house hunters on the house that you, they, you'd already purchased a house. You'd already renovated a house, but they created a house hunter's story around you. And you had to pretend to be interested in other houses that you were looking at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has, oh, it has a lovely yard. Even <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it, that it is, it is, uh, it is yeah. true. It's 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 a pretty well known secret, <laughs> if you could call it a secret. But um, that's great. So I'm gonna put the um, link to Jess's website. I'm gonna give her a little free PR, um, in the bottom of the uh, comments for this for this podcast. I'm also going to put a link or at least a, a reference to the House Hunters episode that you were on, um, and. You're a writer as well, right? You, I, I read, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was doing my research on you, you either have a side or you, re- you wrote something or you did something about cycling. I, I, I'm not a, I'm a rider, bike rider, but not a writer. Right, but, but there was, so I, I thought I read something about, I thought I read something about you and your bi- bicycle travels, no? Were you, were you featured in something or... Uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to look again. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, saw, I thought I saw you referenced that as it related to some bike journeys. Maybe it was Jess. No, well, I have uh, I have a 
a website called Cycle Trentino that I created to kind of solicit all my friends to come uh, visit us in Italy to ride these classic. That's how you came up on my on my research. So you came up on my research because you do have a website, but it's really a a bicycle travel site, if you will, where 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 you help people have great experiences when they travel to Italy for bike rides. That's right. That's, That's right. right. And I should have I should have remembered because I, I looked at it a few days ago. Um, in preparing for our conversation, I'm like, oh, there's Matt and his bicycle riding. And I just kind of like I, I connected the the right writing, but it was it was it was helping people have great experiences in Italy when they go on bike rides. Right. The first time I rode my bike, uh, did a bike trip in Italy, I didn't know anything. I, I didn't know how to get a bike rental for the correct. I'm six four, so yep. you, you know you need a particular bike. So I was a little overwhelmed by it, and somebody helped me uh, kind of tackle some of these issues that had experience. So I've got a lot of experience now in all these bits and pieces of putting a trip together. So if I can help anybody, so you so you're uh, share, you're sharing your experiences with others because. Basically, people people talk about you know going to the Dolomites and 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 having like bike rides of a lifetime, the same way golfers talk about going to Pebble Beach. Like it is a big thing, right. and and you know planning like so. I, I went on a, a actually a golf trip with my sons to Scotland a couple of years ago, and um, we went to St Andrews. We stayed we stayed in the, in the village of St Andrews, and um, but planning that is not easy. So finding someone who is an expert at planning trips like that, where to stay, how, how to organize your days, how to get the most out of the trip. So you, you help people do that when they, when they want to come to, that's very nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's the last, the last line of questioning. Um, and it has to do with like no regrets. So you know, you set out, you're a goal-oriented guy. We've already established that. You set out to travel. You set out um, to save money for 10 years with Jess and um, eventually hit the road and um, be, a, be a world traveler. And you, you've done that. Um, a lot of people don't, who, a lot of people have dreams and don't carry out those dreams. Mm -hmm. Now that you are well into it, you're, you're six years into it. You've had a lot of adventures. You've you've accomplished things like getting a house and and renovating the house and being on HGTV. Um, what what I, I I want some general advice to a lot of people who are sitting there and saying, you know, there's something I wish I would do, and they just haven't done it. Yeah. Like here, you insights, perspectives. I'd love to hear them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, Mitch, it's a really good question. Um, a lot of people say luck, 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 this, luck, that. And, and personally speaking, I, I take, uh, exception to the, to the term, um, because I think anybody can, uh, anybody can do it if they, if it's a realistic goal and um, and you create a plan and a process and execute uh, towards that goal. So if, 
if traveling is, is your goal, then you have to come up with that plan of how, how, you, how much money you need, how are you going to do that, and, and so on and so forth. But it doesn't matter what the goal is. If it's getting up a mountain in the Dolomites or, or executing, uh, doing a 100-mile ride through your home uh, state or, or whatever it is, things are accomplished um, or anything is accomplishable uh, with with a targeted plan and, and a process to, to, to the ends. So the formula of realistic goals plus creating a process and executing on it equals being lucky. <laughs> you're not, you're not, it just doesn't happen, but it can happen. That's right. Are you, are you happy with the direction you and Jess have taken? Mitch, I feel really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel lucky to have uh, to have experienced uh, all the things that we've experienced, uh, not only in the last six years, but uh, from a lifetime of, of 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 relationships and experiences. That uh, staying open to those types of things, you never know where your next great relationship experience is going to come from it's probably not going to come from where you think it is that that is a great message and the message to to, to little old me is the fact that I, i've probably traveled to 30 something countries in my in my life too but it's almost all been um work driven mm -hmm. um certainly we've been on vacations as well but at least half of the countries have been work driven um but I've also probably traveled to 40 something states in the United States, but I've never been to Alabama. So now, <laughs> and it's, it's not, and, and not just because everyone from New York says, don't go to Alabama. It's dangerous. <laughs> that is not, that is not a true statement. Um, but you know what? So I'm going to say this to, to wrap this up, Matt, you and Jess keep traveling. Have a great, have a great many more adventures. And I'm going to find my way to Alabama. <laughs> okay, Mitch. <laughs> hey, thanks for reaching out. And uh, thanks for being with me. It was a great conversation. People are really going to enjoy it. I enjoyed it as well. All right. Take care, Matt. Take care. Wow. That was a great story. I really like the fact that he had a dream, he made a plan, and he's living the dream. It's such a simple formula. Why can't we all do that? Well, it's a simple formula, but it's not simple in execution. Um, but Matt and Jess have executed. I can't imagine how surviving a tsunami created a desire to travel more, but it did. And they are, and they're living an incredibly interesting life. So check out more about um, check out more about their travels on um, Jess's website. Her blog is called um, lighttraveling.org, L-I-G-H-T, traveling.org, and it tells all about their stories, um, 
the stories that they've had and the stories that um, they hope to have. So with that, we're closing in on the holiday season, and I just want to do a couple of things. First, I should have done this earlier, but I forgot. Um, I still have not a ton, but a handful of Meet Mediocrity t-shirts in every size. So I probably have another 30 t-shirts left, um, and I'm giving them away. Uh, so I'm sure you've got a loved one who wants a Meet Mediocrity podcast t-shirt in their Christmas stocking. I think I already missed Hanukkah. Actually, I know I did. Last night was the last night. Um, but make it a New Year's present. Whatever you want. If you um, contact me through um, direct messenger on Instagram, through Facebook, or at my website, or direct email, meetmediocrity at gmail.com, I'll send you a t-shirt. Just tell me what size. Um, and also... I know we're approaching the holiday season. People are taking a little time off of work. So what I would ask you to do is listen to the Meet Mediocrity podcast. Today's episode was episode 48 in total. We'll have 50 out there before the end of the calendar year. Um, a big milestone, more to come on that. Um, but some excellent episodes to uh, put a fire in the fireplace, get some eggnog in the cup, and listen to Meet Mediocrity. Anyway... Please continue to smile, stay safe and healthy, and be well. Take care of everyone.